man, so happy to be. <laughs> Nailed it. Nailed it. Wow. <laughs> just so jazz, guys. There were instantly just seven wrecks on interstates everywhere because of that intro. Pure silence. Whoa, man. I don't know, man. I was out. You know, for a whole month from the podcast, I'm just I'm super jazzed to be back in the studio with you guys. I appreciate your I enthusiasm. Left. Yeah, it's uh, it's almost contagious. More I frightening. See, I can see the waveforms from like every time I yelled. It's just going to be a nightmare later editing this. Why not? My question Wait, is, where do we go from uh, there into this? Uh, how do we follow that into content? I uh, let's play the outro again. <laughs> <laughs> I'm going to take that and make it my alarm for when I wake up in the morning. <laughs> hey. It reminds me of uh, Will Ferrell's Harry Carey on SNL. <laughs> hey, whammy. <laughs> I get it. I get it. So today we, um, I don't know, I'm just going to hard transition here if that's all right to keep the episode moving. Oh, we use the term segue around here. Seg- sorry, segue. So the segue into our content is this, recovery. We're talking about recovery today. <laughs> Recovering the- from that intro. <laughs> <you> know, <laughs> yeah, which is uh, not going well so far, but... Interesting, that's how recovery goes in a CrossFit athlete's life. How about <laughs> not that? Well. <laughs> not well. Not well. So today we talk about some things that are, um, again, myths, attacking myths of recovery, giving some information out there, and trying to move into the space of how do you pay attention to your athleticism, to your fitness journey, not just during the time when you're in there doing a workout, but all the stuff that surrounds that. I think the general premise we talk about a lot on this fitness podcast is that the things that happen outside of the box are just as important as the things that happen inside. So trying to bring some information into that space. And admittedly, Chase, both you and I are going to have very little information to bring to this this content. We're kind of the listeners here in the studio today. I feel like that's about 100% of the episodes. Yeah, I, mean, I don't know why I keep saying it because it's true almost every time mm-hmm. we sit down and record. But in this one in particular, I know that I'm total garbage at this part of CrossFit. Sweet. So I'm interested to hear uh, Chris and Hunter talk about this back and forth so I can just take some notes over here about how to be a better athlete and uh, hopefully finally begin to compete with the people who are coming in on on-ramp. Three and a half years. Three and a half years in. I'm just embarrassed by all the on-ramp participants. I'm trying to get out of that space. So let's let's uh, kick this off here. I don't know who got who wants to take the start here. But maybe talking about things that you guys see that are labeled as recovery that people are participating in. It's just not a good idea. Well, I think uh, the first thing that needs to be said, uh, kind of uh, the misconception that people have about training, is that when you are actually in the act of training while you are going through your your sets and reps while you're while you're moving around is that you are actually in that moment you are not getting better you are actually acutely making yourself worse because you're going through the you're going through through breakdown your uh, your body is basically absorbing different uh different stimuli Stim- stimulus stimuli yeah we'll give it to you okay and um and uh, it's it's really it is not until you get away from away from the training and you get into the act of recovery that your body actually takes those stim- takes that stimulus and adapts to it. So basically, if you uh, you can go in and you can train as hard as you want to, but if you are not taking care of uh, if you're not taking care of business outside of the gym by managing by managing different factors you are actually inhibiting your ability to to pro- to uh, make progress yeah we've actually kind of made that mistake already on this episode just assuming 
that everyone understands what recovery is and mm-hmm. why it's important. I love that you pull back and kind of give that definition. How do you feel about that, Hunter, that it's people have basically the inverse idea in their training of what is actually going on? Yeah, I, I agree with that. I mean, I think just if you just break it down and look at what you're doing when you're working out, say you're doing a set of back squats, well, eventually you're going to get to where you can't do one anymore. So you're going from full strength to, to breaking yourself down to where you can't do one anymore. And then you're taking a break, and then maybe the next set, you're not going to be able to do as many reps. So you're worse, you know, two minutes later than you were before. So, you know, if you look at it intuitively, yeah, you are you are making yourself worse for a short period of time. You don't, you know, you might not think of it that way, but that's what's happening. But, yeah, so that's exactly true. Once you do that, you have to start recovering so that your body can perform better that's the whole purpose of training is we're going and working out we're breaking ourselves down and then we're creating an adaptation in our body so the next time we work out we're stronger we can do more reps uh, we can do more weight or something like that so you know getting the recovery process in order is going to be very important for us to make progress Um, there's a lot of different things that you need to be focusing on but like Chris said you're getting better outside of the gym. You're not getting better while you're in the gym. You're making yourself worse at the gym. And then the recovery is when you're getting better. So you got to make sure you're implementing, you know, a lot of recovery tools so that you can make progress. If that makes sense. Yeah, it does absolutely make sense. One thing I'm thinking, listen to both of your answers though, when you say this word adaptability, uh, the human body is an incredible instrument and it will adapt in one way or another. I mean, we see this happen with athletes a lot. They get to this plateau or they have these particular issues their their body is surviving they're coming back for another day week after week month after month their body has adapted to the stimulus and being broken down but you guys are saying if you're not participating in the correct sort of recovery then your body adapting is a negative thing it's going to go into shock or you know exactly exactly um uh, for uh, for example, we use this uh, we use this as an example with our clients all the time. If you're do- if you're doing something like uh, like under eating, if you're coming in and you are just absolutely crushing it in in the gym, the body doesn't uh, doesn't recognize this as as good stress. It just recognizes it as stress, and the body the body wants to adapt because it has only one job, and that's to survive to keep you alive. And so if you are if you are constantly feeding uh, feeding your body this um, uh, these different stressors, and you're not giving the body the material to adapt and recover to that stress, is it has to it has to take away from other functions just to be able to keep on surviving because it doesn't have the resources. So it's going to start slowing down things like like metabolism and hormone production and stuff like that. And um, when that uh, when that kind of when those kinds of things happen. It uh it'll make your uh, make your performance uh and your training suffer because you know you're going to be more sore all the time you're going to be more tired and um uh, you got anything to add to that Hunter before I just completely go down yeah so so let's just talk about uh what we talked about previously you know diet and protein for uh, specifically so you know your body needs a steady stream of uh, amino acids in the bloodstream to repair uh, muscle. So if you are not giving yourself enough protein, you're not going to get those amino acids from the protein to be able to repair your muscle. So if you do a heavy workout and your muscles are, you've made yourself worse, you've broken your muscles down, your body needs to repair those muscles. But if it does not have enough amino acids to repair that, it's going to start breaking down, you know, other 
other muscles in your body to get amino acids from them so it can repair. So your body's just going to stay broken down. It's also not going to repair as well as it could if it had a steady stream. So I like to think of like protein as like the building, the bricks of a, uh, of, of the body of the muscles. So for example, if you go to a brick building and you want to make it bigger, well, first thing you have to do is tear a wall down, right? That's what we're doing. We're working out. We're tearing a wall down. Well, if you don't have any bricks on hand to repair and make the wall bigger, then it's just going to stay torn down. So that's what's happening with your muscles in a very simplified term. If you don't have the building blocks to repair it, uh, it's just going to stay torn down. So you could, it doesn't matter. You could be doing the best program in the world, but if you're not eating enough, eating enough protein, um, we can talk about carbs and fat too, and just calories in general, uh, your body is not going to repair the muscle as well as it should or could if you had, you know, correct protein levels. I, I love how the conversation has already gone towards supplements and nutrition, and it just shows that you guys have a very clear understanding of this. But a lot of people, this is where, just speaking from the average athlete point of view, where Chase and I would be sitting, this really gets us spun around uh, because we don't really feel like we understand like, okay, I'm getting on the um, fitness pal stuff and I'm, I, I got the, the protein shake, but even at that level, I'll just admit to you guys right now, I feel like I'm messing that up about 90% of the, 90% of the time. So it, just to talk about this part of recovery and I'm, I'm not trying to rehash the nutrition episode that we've already had, but how do I get these things in balance and what could I focus on as far as, uh, nutrition and I'll just add in their supplements because the more I dive into this world, the more pills people are trying to sell me, the more powders people are trying to sell me. Yeah. And I feel like just honestly here, I feel like the more money I spend, uh, then the better I'm doing at this. If I go get that carb powder that is astronomical, you know, per serving, then I guess I'm doing a good thing because those are clean carbs and that's better than the other carbs I might be pursuing. It's just incredibly easy for the average CrossFit athlete to get really spun around here. Could you guys help us maybe find the center on that? Yeah. Um, so let's, uh, let's think about it. Uh, think about it like this. Um, and, uh, in CrossFit, you know, there's a, there's a huge, um, there's a huge emphasis on, on intensity and being able to maintain a certain level of intensity. And, um, if you're, uh, if you're going to be able to do that, then, um, once you, uh, once you get above a certain level uh, of intensity, like let's just, uh, let's use an example. If you were just going to start running down the street and every, every 20 meters, you were going to go faster, just faster and faster and faster. Well, eventually you're going to get past the point where, you know, you're going at first, you start breathing a little heavier, you know, and then, um, cause you want to bring in more oxygen to help fuel the work. You're in an oxidative state. Well, then you get to a, uh, to a point where you're not bringing in enough oxygen to sustain that work. So the body is going to start running off of its, uh, its other fuel sources. It's, uh, glycogen sources that glycogen being the, uh, the stored form of carbohydrate in your muscles. So now we can kind of shift gears from <clears throat> you want protein because you want the, uh, you want the materials there to, uh, to be able to rebuild muscle. But if you cannot, um, if you're not bringing in the carbohydrates to help you get to these certain intensity levels, it can slow down, uh, it can slow down your progress. And I don't want to go down the rabbit hole of saying that you need to be 100% intense all the time, but you do need to be able to, uh, to go down that, uh, to go down that road, you know, at some point 
to be able to just kind of keep uh keep metabolism revved up and things like that. So once you once you get to that point where oxygen you get into a workout, oxygen is not fueling that anymore. It starts going to those sources like the carbohydrates and stuff like that. And um, if there's none in your uh, if you don't have any carbohydrates in your system, you don't have any glycogen in your system, you're just going to tank instead of being able to climb that intensity. You're just going to be able to you're just going to get to a certain point and then you're going to level off. Yeah. So, yeah, I agree with Chris 100 percent. So let's just talk about what supplements are. They're supplements to your to your diet. They're not going to be the the most important thing. So you need to get your diet in check first. And so, like Chris was saying, you need to have enough carbohydrate to support your high intensity exercise. You need to have protein to be able to repair your your <clears throat> to, to repair your muscles. You need to have enough calories to support whatever activity level you're doing. So if you're working out a lot, you're going to need more calories than you, you would if you, if you need, if you're not working out. So diet, you know, that's going to be way more important than whatever supplements. And you, you talk about the carb powders and the protein powders. That's just going to be just to help you get enough protein and carbs throughout the day. If you can't get it through food, it just makes it a little bit easier for you to get those levels. Now, if you can get it all through eating you know meat all day every day and you're getting enough protein and you're eating enough sweet potatoes and vegetables and rice or whatever to support you that's great but you know for some people it's harder to get all those so a shake does make sense if that makes sense but you know do you know food and diet is probably going to be in my opinion the most important thing for recovery to make sure you're getting enough to eat if you're not getting enough to eat then you're just not going to be able to make progress. You're not going to be able to recover. Um, I think we could talk about the other main things, you know, food and sleep. Okay. Sleep is going to be hugely important. Yeah. Okay. I, if I would, I would say if, if nutrition is one A, then sleep is one yeah, B. Those are definitely the two. And you don't think about, people usually don't think about sleep as recovery, but that is the most important. That's when our body is repairing ourselves. Um, so if you're having a hard workout, you need to be able to get a good night's sleep. Um, and we can talk about different things to help you get better sleep, but that is, you know, very, very important. So like, you know, eight hours is, is a good goal for most people. You know, yeah. some people can get, get by with less. Some people need a little bit more, but eight hours is a very good, um, basis. And that's good quality of sleep. Like, yeah, deep, yeah, deep sleep. A, yeah. Not just, you know, moving around uh, moving around just kind of, just kind of staying in those first uh in your in your REM cycles and stuff like that the body repairs itself when it is in a deep state of sleep yeah so if if you're if you're saying how can i maximize recovery the most important things for you to get is make sure you're getting enough to eat make sure you're getting enough carbs and protein make sure you're getting enough sleep and then make sure you're hydrating Okay, make sure you're getting enough water. A good goal is half of your body weight in ounces. So if you weigh 200 pounds, at least 100 ounces of water a day. Um, you know, you see a lot of people walking around with a gallon, you know, so that's 100 and what is that, 126 ounces. Mm -hmm. So, you know, if you drink a gallon a day, you're going to be in pretty good shape for most people. So sleep, hydration, and food are going to be the, the, the three most important th things to make sure we're recovering from stuff. If we can get those, all three of those in check, then we can start looking at other things and saying, well, maybe I want to add in this to help with a little bit. But until you get those three things down, it's not really going to matter what other stuff you're doing if you're taking ice baths and stuff because you're you're not going to be able to recover like you should. It's interesting to me hearing you guys talk about these things. They just 
they feel incredibly difficult to try to integrate into the the daily life of most people. Absolutely. Um, you know, trying to get eight hours of sleep is almost impossible for for most folks. It, it feel at least it feels impossible. A lot of this stuff feels impossible. Well, I've just got a lot of pushback going on internally. I'd like to leak out maybe for the benefit of our listeners. But when I think about rest and recovery, the first thing I think about is not going into the gym. <laughs> That's my idea yeah. of rest. Like it isn't, I need to sleep longer. It's I'm going to skip today. And I think we see that pattern in a lot of people when they, when they think about recovery, it means I'm going to not do anything. Not that I'm going to take control of my diet or I'm going to take control of how, how long that I'm sleeping or how much water I'm, especially in the winter. This is great. We're addressing this now. Um, it's very difficult to make sure you're staying hydrated because especially in the South, we're just not thirsty because it's, you know, it's not 117 degrees. Uh, but it's one thing that you guys talk about a lot that we haven't mentioned yet today is active recovery. And that's always been kind of a confusing thing for me because I feel like what you guys would label as active recovery, I'm like sucking wind and, and barely making it through. And I think it comes back to that intensity piece. I just want to loop back to that and, and maybe reference that before we begin to wrap the episode today. What actually is active recovery? What's the goal? And how can you motivate me to start participating in these things where I'm developing a lifestyle where I'm not just passively trying to recover, doing the Netflix binge and skipping three workouts? I'm I'm becoming active in the process of recovery. It's not just sleep and hydration and nutrition. There are other moving is part of recovering well. Yeah. Um, when I, when I think of, uh, when I think of active recovery, you've got to, I think of things that are one going to, um, stimulate blood flow. Okay. We're going to get, we're going to get circulation, good circulation throughout the entire body, but also needs to be something that, uh, that rejuvenates you. Okay. So like, I'll give you, I'll give you an example. Um, like for me, uh, for me personally, um, I like, uh, when I do, uh, if I'm doing an active recovery session, I like to do something where, I'm doing a lot of different things. So like I may, I may run a clock for 45 minutes and I may say, okay, I'm going to, uh, I'm going to alternate, uh, skiing, biking, rowing, uh, maybe high knees up and down the floor, just general kind of moving around for one minute. And then like, uh, like handstand practice for a minute. The, those are, those are things like me just keeping me moving around like that is rejuvenating to me because I feel like I'm getting a lot of stuff done and um, uh, I'm getting uh, I'm getting blood flow to all different areas of the body and I'm doing something that I that I enjoy I like working on handstands and it's not something that's going to just absolutely uh, absolutely wreck me and then and then for some people they can get uh they can get on a uh, on a rower just a rower for an hour put their headphones in and just go, that would absolutely drive me crazy. <laughs> that, that kind of thing is not, not rejuvenating for me. So those are the two main things when I think about active recovery is blood flow and something that is rejuvenating to you personally. I, I think it, it's definitely individualistic too, because for some people, active recovery is going for a walk for 30 minutes. Yeah. You, it's all about Hike your intensity outside. level. You should yeah. be able to, if you're trying to do an active recovery session, like just getting blood flow, you should be able to carry on a conversation the whole time. So if you're doing anything where you can't talk with somebody else very, fairly easily, then you're going too hard. You're not active recovering. So that's something that you could add into. I wanted to touch on something you said uh, about not being able to get enough sleep. You know, one thing that can really help is, 
people is take naps throughout the day. Take a 10, 15 minute nap, like get vertical, just lay down for 15 minutes and take a quick nap. That can help you add up, add up your sleep as well. But yeah, active recovery. And also for me, um, along those lines is stretching mobility work. I'm really big proponent of stretching, getting mobility work. I've kind of made a rule with a lot of our competitors what for every hour of training you do, you need to put in 30 minutes of stretching mobility work. So for a class that would be, say if you're doing a 20 minute AMRAP, you will, you need to get, make sure you get 10 minutes of stretching in post-workout. And then you can also do a little bit stretching, you know, throughout the day. Like if you're sitting at a desk all day, you know, just get up every hour and stretch for two minutes, you know, get up every couple hours and do a five minute stretch, you know, touch your toes, move around a little bit, make sure you're getting blood flow. Um, that that's for me active recovery is what is going to get you personally moving at a low intensity to where you can get blood flowing but you're not getting out of breath and it's not gonna you should feel recharged when you're done with it you shouldn't feel depleted so if it's if you're done you're wiped out you're tired even more tired than you were before you did too much some people that's going for a 30 minute walk with a dog it could be an easy bike ride could be you know, like Chris said, setting up a circuit and doing something for him, but he's he's more advanced CrossFit athlete, so he can do stuff like that and not get out of breath. So don't get caught up in what other people do yeah. and just do what's something that's good for you that that can do that. But like 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 we were saying, that's all level B. Level A is sleep, hydration, and food. You know, active recovery, stretching, all that stuff is gonna help, but you can you can start worrying about that stuff after you get your those those top tier things uh in check. That's a classic response, I think, of most people to sound advice is that we want to talk about something else. It's a little more pleasant to attack like, oh, well, can I just take a, a walk or get moving a little bit or go on the I'm the guy that could sit on the rower for an hour. You know, I mean, it's like my splits would be three minutes, but I'm going to sit on there for a while because it just lets me check out and get into a rhythm. I, I love that part. But if you start talking to me about taking my average five hours a night of sleep and stretching that out to eight, then I'm going to back away because of the challenge. It's interesting to me that we, uh, as CrossFitters, we kind of crave a certain type of intensity mm-hmm. in our exercise. It's really, really yeah. difficult to dial that back. I've been on a rower doing active recovery and about halfway through, I start like chasing a time to a thousand meters or whatever. Sure. It just kind of overtakes you this, this idea of intensity. And I love what you guys are pointing out is that there has to be a rhythm of intensity. There, there has to be a, a yin to the yang. If you, uh, they are the, they're the two sides of the, of the same coin. And if you get yourself, if you get yourself out of a, out of balance, if you are just 100%, you know, uh, 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 sympathetic where you know you're, you're in fight or flight all the time you're not going to get yourself into a state of recovery if you're 100 percent parasympathetic all the time where you're just you know rest uh rest and di- rest and digest then you're not going to make a lot of progress to uh to your fitness so that's a uh, you have people on the, the opposite sides of the camp like with a like a um uh, you know a high intensity training and then yoga well both of them need each other for uh for balanced fitness the uh the high intensity guys need to learn to uh need to learn to set to uh, throttle down and breathe and relax and the uh and the yoga people need to hop on that assault bike for 30 seconds all out sometimes well that's quite the transition (laughs) yoga to the assault bike so maybe wrapping up today i just had this thought as we've been uh talking about this people who are involved in a life of fitness um have really major investments, two major investments, money and time. 
These are extremely limited resources for almost every person that's listening. And I feel like, and I'd like to get some pushback or some thumbs up on this. I feel like what you guys are saying is that if you don't have the proper approach to recovery, then you are essentially wasting those investments of money and time. Yeah, I agree a hundred percent. And you know, you got to get the basics down first. Um, you got to get your sleep, hydration, food down and you know all that stuff is going to be everything else is going to be supplemental but i did kind of want to go into a little bit more depth in some stuff say you are a higher level competitor athlete and you have that stuff dialed in what other stuff can you do if you're increasing your volume and you want to help you know decrease your stress levels and stuff so i just want to touch on a few that that i've seen well first you know cutting alcohol out so alcohol is proven to lower uh growth hormone and testosterone levels um so if you can cut that out um, or limit it to one day a week, maybe on a day that you're not training, that's going to really help your recovery. Um, you know, ice, ice can have benefits, uh, like just an ice, ice bath. Um, one thing that I've used a lot in the past that past that really helped me out was hot, cold therapy. So getting in, you know, the hot tub for 10 minutes, getting out, getting a cold tub for five back and forth, two or three times, you feel really rejuvenated after that. Um, a sauna is something that's really interesting that I've done before and, and, and we're looking at, at implementing that more in the future. Um, sauna, there's been some studies that show getting in a sauna post-workout for 30 minutes can increase uh, human growth hormone by 25 to 30%. Wow. And then you can combine that. So if you get in a sauna, I, I, I was reading about this uh, this uh, regiment, uh, uh, a high-level endurance athlete was doing there, getting the sauna for 20 minutes, getting the ice tub for five minutes, back in the sauna for 20 minutes. And that was like increasing the levels to like 60 to 70% post-workout. So that's a really cool thing you could do. Um, massage. Massage is great. Um, a sports massage, getting into the d- deep into the muscles, um, working on those knots, get, uh, promoting blood flow. Uh, chiropractor is something that I'm a huge believer in. I've been going to the chiropractor ever since I started CrossFit seven or eight years ago, at least once a week. Um, it's, it, it makes a difference every time I go in there. I can, I can always feel better. Um, the chiropractor I go to also does um, Graston, which is like uh, taking a metal uh, utensil and just kind of rubbing on your muscles promoting blood flow also cupping both of those have helped um uh, active release on that type of stuff um acupuncture something i've never done but i've heard good things about it um cold shower in the morning is something that i play around with as well so like at the end of my shower i'll just make it cold for 30 seconds and that'll kind of help stimulate the uh the nervous system help help uh help you get going in the morning um breathing we've talked about breathing practices before but um just taking five minutes and focusing on your breathing, mindful breathing slash meditation that can really lower your cortisol levels, lower stress levels. And then, uh, one other thing that I've done played around with that I've heard, um, some other, uh, high level CrossFitters have done is called a float tank. Have you guys heard of that? No. So the float tank is basically a, a pod, like I call it the space pod, but you get in there and it's just filled with Epsom salt and the water is set to room temperature and you shut yourself in. So if you have claustrophobic, if you're claustrophobic, it's kind of scary at first, but you shut yourself in, the lights turn out and then you just lay there for like an hour, hour and a half. 
and you feel like it's called sense deprivation therapy. So you feel like you're just floating through space. So it's really weird at first, but after a few sessions, you really start to feel really, really relaxed. It's proven to really lower cortisol levels. It's kind of like meditation on steroids. You just kind of relax and just float. You feel like you're floating through space, but I'll get out of there and I'll feel a million times more relaxed than I was when I got in there. And then you'll sleep really well for a couple of days. Plus all the Epsom salt is getting in your muscles and helping you recover. So, um, float tank is, is another thing that I've played around with. So those Where are do some, you access a float tank. Where the, there's one in, uh, I'll build you one. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> there, there's one in Jackson. You can just go on Google and find them, but cool. um, I, I've never heard of it until just now. Yeah. So like I was saying, all of those are supplemental things that can help you with recovery, but you need to make sure you get the basics first before you start playing around with this other stuff and spending money on it. Yeah. Th- that is all the, the frosting on top of the nutrition sleep cake yeah nutrition and sleep, hydration hydration yeah. nutrition sleep and hydration. and uh what's so you're glad. saying cake is <laughs> cake can be. Yeah. somebody had to say it game right. on. Game um on. i wanted to uh just uh add on to what you were talking about uh, about breathing um i've shared uh, i've shared this with a lot of uh a lot of people in our gym that uh when i uh when uh when my daughter was born i was having a really hard time sleeping you know we got her there in the uh in the room with us and the, and you know, every move she makes, you're just kind of popping up and making sure that she's not suffocating on anything or whatever. But, um, I started really getting a lot more mindful about my breathing. Like, uh, like Hunter was talking about and, um, uh, was, uh, looking into this, uh, this, uh, this practice of, uh, box breathing. Um, I got it from, uh, uh, Mark Devine, he's a guy that uh, that owns a uh, Seal Fit, and he was a he was a Navy Seal, and he talked about the breathing practices that uh, that Seal team members go through to help keep their uh, help keep their heart rate below a certain level, so that they can be more uh, more effective and make better decisions in combat. But uh, basically, he talked about breathing on a breathing on a cadence. And so what uh, what I started doing was when it was time for me to go to bed, I would lay on my back with uh, with my hands uh, with my hands on my stomach. And when I would breathe in, I wanted to breathe in to a point where it would actually kind of push my stomach out because that is a, it's a full breath. It's not a shallow breath. You're actually getting into, uh, getting into the diaphragm and all that kind of stuff. And, uh, I would breathe in for five seconds and I would breathe out for five seconds and I would count 10 breaths and then I would start back at one and go again. And, um, and when I first started doing it for the first couple of months, it would take me about maybe 30 to 40 breaths to, uh, to fall asleep. And then it got to the point where I wouldn't even make it through the first 10 and I was out. And now I, I almost don't even have to think about it anymore. My body, I've done it enough to where my body now recognizes when it's on, when it's, uh, when I'm on my back, I'm in this, I'm in this posture. It recognizes it's time to shut down. And since then it's probably been about a year now. I do not have issues going to sleep. Every time I lay my head down, um, I'm asleep within within five to ten minutes every single time. The process that you're describing brings up something that I, I think would be very valuable for our audience is, is that when you start paying attention to recovery to this level, 
you begin to have an awareness of your body. Yeah. And what most people are not aware of their body at all, uh, which makes this conversation a little more difficult to, to kind of get our hands around. But the, the stuff that you guys are paying attention to, I think we should point out, actually overlaps. You're talking about recovery, but it actually overlaps into your activity inside of the gym. How many workouts have people been involved with where the stress level goes up and the first thing that they do is stop breathing? Yeah. Yep. You guys have to say, don't panic. You've got to start. You've got to start breathing. How many times you get in the middle of a set of double unders and you realize I've been holding my breath for about 10 or 12 of these. These are things you're actually training your body mm-hmm. how to respond to particular sort of stresses. It's very stressful to not be able to get to sleep at night, especially if you've got a new child at home. And so all of these things allow you to be more in tune with your body. I think this is a misconception that people have specifically about CrossFit, that CrossFit is designed to just punish your body. What you guys are pointing out today is that it's more, way more well-rounded than that. It's about yeah. being aware of your body and giving it what it needs to perform. Yeah. The, the way we practice, at least. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. I was going to say, too, you know, what I've noticed along with Chris is focus on mindful breathing and box breathing and other types of breathing. I've played around with some Wim Hof stuff, but you'll, I've started to notice that it really helps me during workouts, like to relax and focus on my breathing. Like I'll be in the middle of a set of wall ball and you, you get to that point where it starts hurting. You can kind of start panicking, but then you just like relax and breathe, relax and breathe. And all of a sudden it just makes things so much easier and you can recover a lot faster. So focusing on your breathing and the mechanics of it can really help you in a workout as well. Mm-hmm. I've been caught in a situation in our box where I'm, I'm working out, not connected to a class or overlapping a class and the music shuts off. And I realize, man, if I were just listening to myself, but you would think that I'm running from the law. It's unbelievable. <laughs> just this just the panic nature of my my breath. You know, I think that's something we don't realize in gyms that have music going, loud music going a lot of times. It's kind of hard to focus on that. So developing patterns outside of that environment could be extremely extremely helpful in that so this conversation about recovery is pretty fascinating i think it's something we probably need to come back to and talk about these for sure little slices connected to recovery just to understand that if you you come into a workout and most of us do this at our level um i was looking at chase when i said that not (laughs) not at hunter and chris most of us at our level we walk in we're very nervous about how the workout's going to go Um, but if you understand that you've done some things beforehand in this recovery stages to help you do better, it could actually build your confidence walking into the box. Absolutely. A little bit of a motivator. I would argue that you will make more progress, uh, faster by focusing on your recovery than focus on what you do in your actual workout. So if you, if you pay more attention to make sure you get, if you just add an extra hour of sleep to your night or you start eating enough food or you just you make sure you start drinking enough water, that's going to have a much bigger impact than how hard you push yourself in the gym because you're going to be able to recover from it a lot faster. Such a big statement. I think it's been a very challenging episode so far today. Uh, so now we transition into the fireworks part of the episode. We start throwing out opinions that are extremely debatable. Uh, and no one in the room is an expert. So Hunter has set up a pretty interesting uh, topic for us today. Uh, where are we headed? Okay, so uh, this was actually Chris's idea, but I liked it. It was uh, so the Amazing Race season twenty-seven, I think, just started, and uh, Katrin David's daughter, the two-time uh, fittest woman on earth, was actually in the first episode. So that was a kind of a cool CrossFit uh, segue for us. But what we're going to look at today is. Um, if you are going to participate in the amazing race, and I'll, I'll kind of let Chris talk about 
you know, a little background on the amazing race. Cause I've, I haven't watched a whole lot of it. I've just watched a few episodes to do some research for this, but I think Chris has, knows a little bit more about it, but, um, I love your intelligent distancing yourself from reality TV. Yeah. <laughs> that was well crafted. If if you were going to do the amazing race and your your goal was to win, right? Correct. You're trying yeah. to win, not just trying to have a good time. Oh, I didn't have that clarification. <laughs> <laughs> if it was just for a good time, I would have a completely different answers on all these. But yeah. if you're trying to win the amazing race, and there's three different categories, who would you pick of a CrossFit athlete to be on your team? Who would you pick actor or actress to be on your team? And who would you pick a uh, professional athlete to be on your team? So those are the three categories we're going to go with. Yeah. When so, we answer these, do we want to say all three of our picks at one time or when to go our round I think so. I think it would be interesting to just list out all three. Okay. What I, what I cool. want to hear is Chris Allen's rundown on the amazing <laughs> race and then lead into his answers. Who it's going to be, it's gonna be quiet. Or? It's going to be quite uneventful. Yeah. <laughs> uh, uh, there's a race. It's amazing. Yeah. <laughs> quite, quite amazing. Um, so uh, basically what it is, it's a – it's a TV show that's basically it's a worldwide scavenger hunt, pretty much. So you uh, you start off in one place. You're given a uh, you're given a task. Like for example, the first episode of this season, the first task they're given is they have to fly to Iceland. So they uh, from there they're basically on their own. They have to get there. They have to find their own way to get there. Um, you know, if they if they happen to get stuck in traffic or whatever, if they get a taxi and the taxi has a flat tire, that's you know that's tough on them. But uh, once they get to their destination, they're given different uh, different tasks to accomplish, uh, physical, uh, physical and mental uh, and mental task. And um, uh, by the at the end of each episode, they have a checkpoint to get to. They can only go to the checkpoint after they've accomplished the task. And usually, the last team, uh, the last team of two to make it to the checkpoint at the end of the episode, is eliminated from the show. And it just keeps on going till all the teams are uh, are eliminated except for one. So you need uh, if you're going to have a partner uh, and your plan is to win the show, you want somebody who is has a really good combination of uh, athlete, uh, athleticism, intelligence, and attention to detail. <laughs> I'm sorry for interrupting, but I'm reading my list as you're describing what's important. And you're like, like, man, I'm in trouble. Uh, nope, nope, nope. <laughs> but it's too late to change now. This is going to be good. So your your three. Let's start with the uh, the CrossFit athlete that you would choose to be with you. Yeah. So uh, so mine. Um, I went uh, I went back and forth on this. I was trying to think of CrossFit athletes. I mean, obviously all of them are uh, are athletic. And um, then I try to you know think you know who is uh who would have that intelligence and attention, uh, attention to detail. And, uh, my first choice would be, uh, Brent Fikowski. If you've ever, uh, seen interviews with him, the guy's incredibly intelligent. Oh, and, uh, He's uh, yeah. Was he on your list? He Hunter? stole my. He said that's the same guy. I think. <laughs> wow. All right, I'm calling an audible real quick. Go ahead. <laughs> He's a researcher. I, I actually, I, I was thinking that you were going to go first, and I was going to have a backup in case you. Uh, yeah. <laughs> All right, so that's your CrossFit athlete. Yep. So based on those criteria. Yeah, and then um, for uh, for actor, I actually went with uh, with Christian Bale. Mm-hmm. I you know, almost yeah. picked him. Nice, I got him real nice, close. Nice. Okay, you know, a guy who can definitely he knows uh, knows how to knows how to get in shape. He's uh, mentally tough. If you've ever uh, seen the movie The Machinist, you're you can see what uh, what lengths that man will go through to it's be to be successful. Yeah, it was really creepy. Um, but uh, the way that he just uh, his attention to detail, the way he just dives into all of his characters, that seemed like a pretty good a uh, pretty good combination there. He's seen The Machinist, but he hasn't seen like. 
No Country for Old Men and stuff. I, yeah. I don't understand. Save it, save it, save it, save it for later. Come on, man. Save That's it. off mic stuff. What are you doing? Yeah. You broke the barrier. Yeah, it's fine. And um, for uh, for athlete, I went with uh, with Tom Brady because the guy's a winner. I mean, I don't think is I need he a to winner? Go. Oh yeah, is he? I don't know. <laughs> okay, <laughs> I was just a lot of controversy around that team in particular, and yeah, I agree. I respect you guys as an athlete. I, yeah, I, I picked that, Lance Armstrong, and uh, <laughs> <laughs> that guy knows how to win <laughs> by any means necessary. What are you doing with that needle? Ah, <laughs> that's perfect. Yeah, I like those answers. I will admit, I the uh, I, I do follow uh, CrossFit in the season and the athletes, but I don't know the exact guy you're talking about. No. Uh, I'll have to check into that. Especially if he if he's got some cool interviews out there. All right, so I can't follow that. Somebody's going to have to go. No, uh, you're it's reverse order. You are next. Oh, I have to go now. Yeah. Okay, so uh, I haven't watched the show in quite a while, but I was around for the beginning when it was this really novel concept, and it may have changed over time. I think the basic premise is the same. So I was thinking um, part of the partnership is that your partner has to really – shore up your weaknesses in stressful mm. situations and has to be they can't have the same reflex to problems that you do and uh, so as a crossfit athlete i picked frazier yeah okay because and not for the obvious reasons obviously this guy can win but uh he's just an absolute jerk right <laughs> my opinion of him yeah is that he's an absolute jerk of course i don't know the guy i just see him on interviews and walk into the recovery tent during the games and but it seems like he's got a very strong personality and i'm i'm just not good in those situations i'm a pretty passive guy generally i don't like for people to be upset i like for folks to have a great opinion of me my impression of this crossfit athlete is that he just does not care it's about being the best it's about winning and so anyway if he's if you're listening uh, I completely apologize for my impression of you if it's wrong, um, but I would. <laughs> well, I'm sure he thinks it, it's wrong. <laughs> I'm sure he wouldn't if care. If it's wrong, what are you going to do about it? it? Really? Yeah. <laughs> so um, anyway, that's the guy that I picked. So this is the funny part. The actor that I picked was Morgan Freeman. Oh my <laughs> god! You just want him to narrate the whole. The whole <laughs> no, the whole. but I'm thinking if I'm traveling around the world with somebody and I need great things to happen, doors to open that would normally be closed. Who do I want with me? Morgan Freeman. He's the voice of God. That's so th a fact. <laughs> this guy could walk through an airport. They would literally build a plane for him as we're walking through the airport so that he could fly somewhere. It's just this guy, doors open for this guy, right? There you go. Because I know in a lot of circumstances in this show, it's just like, hey, did it go your way or did it not go your way? So that's why I picked him. So the last one with the athlete is similar to the CrossFit athlete and maybe even mixing in the Morgan Freeman principle there. I would want to uh, have Michael Jordan with me. I think the Morgan Freeman answer is still a good answer. Does it hold up? Yeah, I, I think so. I, I just because it's not like the Amazing Race isn't overly physical, right? Like there's a lot of mixed. Yeah, um, yeah, very, yeah, very mixed for sure. Yeah, yeah, it can it can be, but usually the physical stuff has a has some luck to it as well. They yeah. do a good job evening that out. If it is physical, you can still just get lucky. And what if you're the guy that like killed Morgan Freeman just because you asked him to go on the strip to exert you? himself? Yeah, like he had a heart attack. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I wouldn't. I wouldn't be uh, want to be known as that guy. Yeah. So, yeah, I, I went through that really quickly. It's like him and Betty answer. White. You don't kill them. You're not. <laughs> you don't want to be responsible. That's true. I think they're on the the no kill list officially. Yeah, yeah. Uh, like even for, him and the president. Even I for guess. the Clintons, you know. Or, <laughs> Um, I have political answer there. So the last one, the last one I went with Michael Jordan, um, because everybody talks about how competitive that man actually is. Mm -hmm. 
And uh, I think when you get in a situation where you're trying to win that's difficult, you need that person that is not like me, that is always kind of having the fight or flight, uh, whether I'm going to just give up. And Michael Jordan, I think, would probably uh, be able to motivate me to continue. Plus, he's got that thing where people would just make stuff happen because it's Michael Jordan. Yeah. Mm. So those are my answers. Pretty proud of him, actually, now that you shored up that Morgan Freeman Yeah, answer. solid. Yeah. yeah. So now you go. All right, cool. So I know exactly zero CrossFit athletes. So I went with uh, some homebrew type stuff. I went with uh, Caleb Foxworth. <laughs> what? Nice, nice. What? Now, it may be kind you of You are a, never going to hear the end of this. Oh, no, no, it's fine. I know why I picked it. So based on the last episode or the two episodes ago that we had with Caleb, that dude's a really smart dude. True. And uh, so I also picked this Don't before. let that go to your head, Caleb. <laughs> yeah, 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 if he listens. <laughs> but um, Do you think he feels like... He feels about the Coyote podcast the way Hunter feels about reality television. He's Distance like, yourself. I just, I just, anytime I turn I just, it on, I, I just, just get dumber. <laughs> just the coach, man. But I also picked this before the caveat was only winning, which I still think we'd stand a chance. But <laughs> my reasoning was coaching on life and community building. <laughs> That's what I hope to gather from the whole trip. <laughs> I thought it'd be at least a, a spiritual event. So. Caleb, you're still on the list. Okay. Uh, actor slash actress. <laughs> Once again, the caveat was I was not preparing to win. <laughs> so my first choice was Rachel McAdams. <laughs> Purely because the end goal was that she would reasons. marry me by the end of it. <laughs> Long time crush. You have crush. a lot of confidence in your ability to influence her. I mean, that's like minimum two weeks of us hanging out together. I feel like I could Done pull deal. some moves. Yeah. Do you have a lot of money that we just don't know about? <laughs> no, but she does. <laughs> I just need the personality. You've want, got the charisma. she's just dying to share that money with you for the rest of, her, God, rest of her life. She's saving it for somebody. That's all. You guys Unless would she's be married. A, you know what? You would be on one of those uh, things that it pops up on the side of Facebook like you'll never believe who this famous person is married to. Brought <laughs> yeah. to you by BuzzFeed. <laughs> a picture of Chase. All right, so my my alternate answer in case the caveat came about was Hugh Jackman. Oh, um, nice. That dude, yep. one, is just ripped beyond comprehension. I think he's fast. I don't know. Mov- movies can he play a lot fast. of tricks. He looks yeah, he fast. Looks, he yeah. looks fast. He's really, really funny, I think, anyway. And uh, he can sing. Pass the time. Easy. Uh, <laughs> I, I was with you till that last part, and then I was wow. Okay, yeah. so I mean, I spend a lot of time with you, and I don't sing. Is that a problem in our friendship? Well, no, you have other traits. other qualities, yeah, endearing yeah, yeah. qualities. Yeah. Okay, it's fine. <laughs> anyway, uh, my regular athlete. Uh, does this have to be living? No, it would be hard for a dead person to be. I don't know. It's you couldn't weekend at Bernie's through the Amazing Race. You definitely would lose. I'm gonna, make, I'm gonna make my own rules. I'm gonna say it can be living or dead. Okay. So I'm gonna resurrect Bruce Lee. Ooh. I think that dude. That dude is smart. Out of the box. Very clearly athletic, and uh, I feel like he could teach me a lot. I just I just keep going back to this to this whole uh, this whole thing like Caleb Foxworth, a great choice. If you don't want to win. <laughs> I, I didn't know we were supposed to win, so I picked Caleb. <laughs> He's not even here to defend himself. That's either. right. That's that's right. What, hey, that's what we do at Coyote, right? The poor yeah. guy's not even here to defend himself. Easy peasy. 
So here, I think these we saved the best for last, I'm pretty sure, because if there's any person in the studio today that probably overthought this mm. whole thing, it's going to be Hunter Owen. He's so got like A, B, and C options. For not only category. that, but he probably thought of a guy and then went and read his biography mm. to see if he was right. <laughs> Tested and his it, blood type. Like, if I go down, can he help me? Just, can, can, can his blood revive me? <laughs> so, Hunter, please reveal your answers. Well, I, I did have some good answers, and then you guys stole them all, so I had to... Uh, Sweet. To, all to, of them? To redo them on the fly. No, two out of three. Oh. So for my... Uh, first off, I just want to say watching this episode last night reminded me why I don't watch reality TV. <laughs> yes. But anyways, uh, CrossFit athlete, I had chosen Brent Fikowski, the professor. But uh, since Chris already picked him, I'm going to go with Josh Bridges because he was a Navy SEAL. I feel like he can get stuff done. Uh, he's pretty mentally tough, and I feel like he's probably traveled a lot of places, so he, I think he could, uh, he could, he could do really well for that. He's a guy that would, he would carry you across the finish line. Yeah, he would. Even if you said you were going to quit, he would probably anesthetize you oh, yeah. and you're strap not, you to his back and You're not finish. quitting if you were Lucas that, Parker would have been my second choice. Lucas Parker. You huh? saw that guy uh, he, when he was determined in, in Murph. Was that last year or the year before? Two years ago. Man, I mean, he just, it just wasn't human. Yeah. yeah. It was incredible. <laughs> yeah. Great he's, TV. He's, uh, he's, he's pretty mentally tough. So my second one, I'm pretty, uh, pretty pumped about this one. Denzel Washington. <laughs> <laughs> oh my gosh. He crashed a plane because he was drunk. <laughs> you can't take him with you on the allegedly, 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 allegedly. No, I think that Denzel, um, has, uh, has the, uh, character to be able to intimidate all of the other players. Uh, King Kong has nothing on him. Yeah, exactly, exactly. Um, I think Denzel is a take-no-kind-of-crap type of guy, and uh, he's the type of guy I think that I could win with. And then I chose Tom Brady uh, for my, my athlete, and then so then I chose Michael Jordan. So now my third choice is going to be Wayne Gretzky, to the great one. The great Wayne Gretzky. At his current age, too? Hey, hey, Why not? hey you, don't, wise, you don't ever He's lose wise. that sort of win. Oh, <laughs> That's right. Wayne Gretzky. You know, my favorite story about Wayne Gretzky is that people always called him the natural. And uh, some somebody was interviewing or something, and he was showing him around his house that he grew up in. And uh, they're like, yeah, you're just the natural. You know, what is it like to be born with, with all this talent and ability? And uh, he turned the lights off and in this in this basement where he used to practice – and there was all these little marks on the wall, like completely surrounding, surrounding the the wall. There was all these little like uh, tally marks on the wall. And they're like, "What is that?" And he said, "Every time I I took a hundred uh, shots, I made a tally on the wall, and the, like the whole basement was covered with them. So he had like tens of thousands of shots in his basement before he ever even became a a professional hockey athlete. So he has the work ethic uh, to to really succeed. So I think that uh, Wayne Gretzky would be a, a good choice there." Yeah, you bring up an interesting point that it would be cool because there's, correct me if I'm wrong, Chris, but there's downtime in the show. Like once you get to a checkpoint, you got a second to recover. Yeah. It would be cool to, to hear those kinds of stories. But I don't know. We picked all these driven people. Would they actually take the time to enjoy the downtime? I don't know. They'd probably like have their own agenda for the Amazing Race. Probably, so. probably I don't, would. I don't feel like Christian Bale would want to hang out with me. <laughs> I don't know who he wants to hang out with. I don't know if I want to hang out with the people he wants to hang out with. He's yeah. got a, a western coming out in just a few days in our area. It's it's already released nationwide, but we get we're you know we're in Mississippi. I think it's so. it's out. Is it out here? Yeah, I can't wait to go see that. Yeah, we're just the landmass. It's definitely Louisiana out by the time this releases. So I use this as a transition or a segue, if you will, into oh. our portion of the episode where we talk about recommends, which has ended up being books, movies, 
artist, I mean, we're all over the page here. Do we have some recommends ready for the audience today? Yeah, I have one. I'll go ahead. Um, I've been watching this TV show lately. Uh, it comes on Showtime. It's called Billions. Have you guys heard of it? Yes. It's a really, really good show, but it's uh, it's about a hedge fund manager and a, uh, a, a district attorney who's trying to bust him for uh, insider trading. And both of the guys are super smart, and they're like playing this game, trying to go back and forth, trying to figure out how to catch guys trying to catch him. The other one's trying to set the other guy up and get him off his case or whatever. Um, it's really, really good. The dialogue is awesome. These guys are really smart. It's one of those shows where you watch it, and it just makes you feel like, man, I just feel like I'm not very smart because everything they say is super smart and like really scripted out really well. And they, they think they're always thinking three or four steps ahead. Another thing I really like it too, is it kind of delves into uh, first off, they're doing a lot of like meditation and stuff, which is kind of stuff that I've been reading a lot about and learning about and breathing practices. But then also like that he has a psychologist that works with him, And what she does is she helps them like figure out, you know, what, what are the subconscious subliminal things in their head that are making them make decisions that they are like they have some kind of block that's that's affecting their their performance and like getting down to the root of why they're acting a certain way and that's kind of something that that I've been working with other other men as well as figuring out what is causing you to act a certain way what in your past or what what thing that has happened in your past that is making you you know you know a react this way to certain events so they're digging into these people figuring out what's motivating them what's causing them to do things uh uh you know figuring out a way to get over that so they can make progress in their life so billions is a really cool show there's a lot of different layers to it and i really liked it cool i'm gonna check that out i as i always ask this question because i'm the most out of touch guy on this podcast where do so I get that on it's HBO Showtime. You said Showtime. So if you have a Showtime uh, subscription, you can get that. If you have Amazon Prime, I think it's on Amazon Prime TV too. Um, cool. But if you have a Showtime, you can just watch it on demand. There's I, two seasons out so far, I think. I'm trying to show my prowess a little bit by jumping into the recommends, which is really not my place here. So I got to apologize for that. But this is something that actually goes way back. But uh, Serial, the if you're into podcasts, and obviously you are if you're listening to this one. Mm-hmm. Serial is a pretty incredible podcast, and and of the ones that they've rolled out, S Town, it's seven episodes, but it is fascinating to listen to this one particular character. I don't know if you guys have have heard it or taken the time yeah, to listen. to I it, listened but, to it. It was uh, it was good. I mean, it's it's a very difficult thing, I think, in the radio medium to keep somebody on the edge of their seat. And these, I mean, I I just could not stop listening to this, uh, and and I've re-listened thinking I missed something, you know, but they just did such an incredible job with it. So it's entertaining, but it's also thought provoking, which I think kind of covers both criteria for our, uh, for our recommends. Yeah. S town was located right outside of Birmingham, right? Yeah. Yeah. So, um, which I don't know, it kind of doesn't raise my Southern pride in any way to listen to this guy talk about how he approached life, but it is, it is pretty fascinating. So we just want to thank you guys for joining us, uh, this week and also, put the ask out there for you guys to like and to rate the podcast and share this with somebody that you think would benefit over all these discussions. And uh, we'll say until next time, say goodbye, Chase.